0: What's up, guys? Jim Coleman, welcome to the Old Guys Talk Middle and Sometimes Punk Podcast. Yes, welcome. Thank you. I'm here with my co-host, Bobby V. Hey. Hi,
1: Bobby. <laughs> Thank you for being on. Sound engineer extraordinaire. We have a lot to talk about, especially the state of the world today.
2: Yeah, well, the world's kind of a strange place today.
1: Ah, It's beyond strange. It's bizarre. The fuckery never stops. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's really bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, what's the term? The hits keep on coming. They keep, yeah, they keep Yeah. Eddie Van
1: Halen just died, too. This is terrible.
2: I know. I, I've actually got a Van Halen story that from when I was a, high, a teenager for you a little bit later. No,
1: no, that? no. we got to hear it now. we got to go now. <laughs> now?
2: Yeah. Okay. About- so anyway, I was a sophomore in high school, and I was literally riding my bicycle to school. I was I was actually playing in a band, my very first band. I was riding my bicycle to school with my trusty little transistor radio and my headphones on and I remember I got about halfway to school and I'm riding along and I think it was the very first time they played it on KDKB but Jamie's Crying came on and I stopped and was completely freaking blown out of the water I just remember sitting sit on the side of the road on my bicycle just completely with my jaw on the ground I went to school I could barely wait to get out of school all day and I rode my bicycle like, like 12 or 15 miles out of the way on the way home just to buy that album on the way
0: where did you buy it?
2: Um, I want to say I bought it at Smitty's, which is now Fry's food Stores these days.
0: Right. Oh, really? Yeah. You know,
2: I mean, but I remember, I want to say that, yeah, it was pretty, I'm pretty sure it was Smitty's. I drove, I rode way the hell out of the way because the, the Smitty's by me um, didn't really carry records and I had to go up to like McDowell Road and Hayden kind of thing to get it.
1: That's a true Van Halen fan there. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, so, I mean, I mean, the first album is just incredible. So, That's, women
0: and children first—is yeah. that the one? Right no, thing? the
1: very first no, one. I said
2: Van Halen one. Van Halen one. Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw them live the first time. I was a junior in high school um, at the Phoenix Civic Plaza um, for Van Halen two. And the one thing that always sticks out was David Lee Roth running around with with leather pants with no butt cheeks in
1: them. The, the famous assless chaps. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that.
0: Who doesn't love assholes, chaps?
1: I mean, who doesn't <laughs> love Diamond Dave, man? Diamond Dave, he's just he's just a character. This guy, man. Oh
2: yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember because you know, I mean, granted, I wasn't, I was like playing in my first band or something at the time, so I didn't really know much about production. But I remember watching him climb the cable pick up to the front lighting truss and like hanging from the front lighting truss, and you could see the guys on stage that were in the crew completely horrified by this.
0: Oh God, yeah. <laughs>
1: Ah, yeah, the women love them though. The women, he, all he cared about was the chicks anyway. Yeah, but you don't climb the oh, cable yeah. pick. Oh yeah,
0: you don't climb the cable That's- pick. He's
1: David e. Roth. That's what he wants. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, I mean, I remember remember seeing Black Oak, Arkansas on TV, and you know, he kind of styled himself after Jim Dan. Yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. You know what? You're right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was intentional that he did that, but I could be wrong.
0: Hmm. That's very insightful.
1: I never thought about it. Now I will. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're correct on that. Wow. I mean, he had
2: all the, all the moves and the same look and the whole bit. Hmm.
1: Very interesting. Hmm. I have to look further into this. So, did you, ever, <laughs> did, you ever, uh, did you ever do sound for Van Halen or no?
2: I did not. Um, I did, did follow spot for them Uh, at the uh, at Veterans Memorial Coliseum. I want to say, I want to say it was the Diver Down album or something. It was like I just started doing production stuff. And, um, Wait a minute! Jim was Coleman
0: like. was a spot op.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, you know the old carbon arc spot labs? You ever, you ever operate one of those, Sean? Absolutely. Yeah. So the old carbon arc. It's like my. I think it was like the third time I'd done it, but I remember the first time. Guy, go up there, and you know those those catwalks that hang down that had those super troopers that were up there. Sure. Yeah. So I remember having to climb up there, and the guy showing me how to change the arc points out like mid show with a pair of channel locks.
0: Nice. So you're still missing your yeah. arm hair.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, Those things were, they were basically welding points. Yeah. You know? I remember the guy had a bucket in there that was supposed to drop what was left of the used ones in there. And for God's sakes, don't drop them into the crowd.
0: Cheapers. <laughs> Gosh, that is crazy. Yeah.
2: I mean, you basically just weld. You know, it's you basically the, the
0: beginning of the, the trust spot, right? I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. the early day of the trust spot. Yeah, just a, yeah. a metal cage hanging down out of the catwalk.
1: You got it. Didn't you run the spotlight one time, Sean, to piss off like Julio Iglesias? I've run spotlight many times, <laughs> but yeah, I did.
0: I did piss off Julio Iglesias. <laughs> he uh, he literally it. told me to fuck off in Julio front of five thousand people. Yeah.
1: Um, Julio, come yeah, on. Ne- man. Well, I had
0: never run a follow spot before. It was my first time. I got you know I'm a sound guy. Anyway, I got thrown in to do to do a spot call because the guy did somebody didn't show up. The stage yeah. manager's like, get up there. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I guess. <laughs> so I went up there. I remember it was freezing cold. It was in San Diego oh, and, it, and it was cold that night. And I was sitting up there and the other spot ups are like old time spot guys. They, they know all about it. They don't even worry. They're passing yeah. me this bottle of vodka. Then I got a pee. Oh, yeah. You guys
2: used to climb up there all the time with, with their pipe and their, and their bottle of, and their flask and the whole bit.
0: Right. Yeah. And I had no idea what I was doing and I didn't know how to change the, Aperture, how to dim it, or anything. You know, what I mean, right. i was just like whatever. <laughs> and then he starts yelling at me because he's like, it's blinding him. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And they fired me. Yeah, it's great. I got fired by Julio <laughs> Iglesias.
1: Julio Iglesias fired you. That's one for the books, huh? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, there it is. There's my Julio Iglesias so, story. Of all <laughs> these,
2: of all, how many
1: years have you been in the business? Me? Yeah.
0: Oh God, don't admit it.
2: 35 I'm going to guess.
1: 35. So you you have some great little concert uh, horror stories <laughs> or funny oh, moments. Yeah. Funny moments, right? Oh yeah. Can you share oh, a yeah. few with us?
2: Sure. Well, I mean the, the one that always comes to mind that I always tell people um I used to go out and tour in the early days when the Gin Blossoms were just starting to get big. Yeah. And we were out touring, we're opening for um, Toad the Wet Sprocket.
0: All right, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Toad. Man. So we
2: were, we were in Rhode Island and we played this this weird venue that was like an old, 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 like roller rink. They converted into a theater that had like the weird, like maroon colored velour drapes that went all around the building. Sure. Inside, you know, and the stage was like eight or nine feet tall. So these kids, I mean, it was out, it was out like rural Rhode Island if there is such a thing. And we're out there and the band starts playing. And the kids start moshing to the gym loft.
0: Weird. Really? And they're
2: moshing like crazy out there. They're like helping each other like like human ladders to get up on this eight-foot stage and jump off into the crowd and do the crowd surfing thing. And I don't think Robin was like super versed in punk bands and stuff, which I – and so Robin's watching it. He thinks it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And so rule number one, if you're going to crowd surf, you lean to let them know you're coming –
0: Yes. Yeah, oh. get up on the
2: front of the stage. You say, okay. You stick your arms out and say, hey, I'm going to jump. Right, well, Sir Robin disappears into the deep, dark recesses of the back of the stage. And I look up, and he's like in a full sprint across the stage. All right. He, he hits that front monitor wedge and launches himself into the sky. And, I mean, I, I don't know how high he got up off the ground. He's like 15, 16 feet off the ground. And the crowd looks up unexpectedly, and they part like the Red Sea. <laughs> Boom! Into the ground. <laughs>
1: Damn. So was he? Yeah. Was he unconscious?
2: <laughs> no, no, he got back up. He, he messed himself up a bit, but um, he got back up and finished the show. But it,
1: covered he, in beer and vomit, he didn't I'm get sure. Get around
2: very well for a couple of days. That.
1: Yeah, he perfect. must have been embarrassed.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. he learned a yeah. valuable yeah.
1: lesson. That day he learned a valuable
2: lesson. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was just great to watch them part like that. Just duke out of the way. <laughs> poor guy yeah so what, you know, any, any other had,
1: stories or
2: well I mean you were, you asked me earlier about things catching on fire um, yeah. <laughs> those are always good yeah. stories yeah, so was it a CS800 <laughs> um, well I've got a couple of fire stories actually um, there used to be a guy he's going PA and found, um, John Kelly remember John Kelly of course yeah so John hired me to mix, um, was it Dave Pratt and the Sex Machine band? I think they were. Sure.
0: The yeah. Right. So
2: we're yeah. Rio, and you know and Dave Pratt used. to I mean, I'm sorry, Dave Pratt used to do all these you know goofy stuff. he'd fling beer around and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he's got a pitcher of beer, and John had a a huge rack. I want to say they're old SAE amplifiers. Sure. And Dave Dave Pratt, not paying attention, goes over and just dumps this pitcher of beer over the side of the stage. All over this rack of SAE power amps, which were um, basically flame machines in the first place, you know, and just this this blue spark comes up out of the rack, probably about twelve feet into the sky. I mean, and just that was that. That was the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the old joke is you let all the smoke out of the capacitors, right? You know, and then um, the other one was I. These days, for actually for many years, I've worked with Roger and with Peacemakers. Uh huh. I want to say it was like I originally got hired the first time to go down to Mexico and do their Circus Mexicos event, and um, the second time I went down, I still owned P.A. gear at the time, and I was kind of tight on money, so I did some I did some uh, some knockoff recones on some JBLs that I was using for mains, and I want to say we're about halfway through the set. And all of a sudden, one of the one of the boxes on the left side of the PA just burst into flames. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the, spe, the you know, the speakers move in and out, and and on those cheap recon kits, you know, it would jump the gap and just lock up and just turn into heat. Sure. And I mean, and so there's, it's, I'm sitting there and I, I'm looking up, and this this 15 is on on fire, and basically everything else in the box is on fire. Just flames are climbing up the face of this thing, and. Yeah, you know, I don't have any way to communicate with the stage because all you have to do is basically unplug the speaker cabinet and all the power stuff's, stuff's going to it. Of course, nobody's smart enough to do that. So Nick, the bass player, is over there taking beers out of the crowd and throwing them at the speaker cabinet <laughs> you know, over and over again. And that's I end up having to, like, fight my way through the crowd and, and go up and unplug the box. But, yeah, it was – in fact, I think it's, if you look it up, it might even be on YouTube. It's quite the spectacle.
0: <laughs> and of course you're in Mexico So there probably wasn't Any fire hydrant Or any kind of fire uh, No there was safety. nothing like
2: that I mean you know Once I unplugged it The box basically went out It the like for it smoldered for about, You know the installation And stuff And it smoldered For a good couple of hours
0: <laughs> Just
1: try to put A bunch of mucho, Muchos cervezas on it
2: Yeah it, 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 I mean It's just funny to watch The whole I mean the crowd And Nick the bass player And everybody was throwing Beers at this thing <laughs>
1: Nice, nice. Yeah. Do, you, do you still have the cabinet? <laughs> um,
2: no, I got rid of all that stuff a couple of years, a few years back. I actually do better as a freelance guy. You know, I make about as much money as a freelance guy as I did owning the business, and I don't have any of the headaches that go along with that.
1: Right. Oh man. You know? So in your all your great travels and doing sound for so many years and doing being in the industry, what are some of the best bands you work besides Jim Blossoms and Roger Klein? What are the bands that I, were really good to you?
2: I will will tell you that probably the most amazing band, I've seen them numerous times, and they're consistently amazing, is Los Lobos.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Those guys
2: live just are just...
0: Monsters. And they're
2: amazing. Talk about a
0: jam band.
2: Yeah, I mean, but the first time I worked with them, I remember um, their front of house guy had shut off the PA, and I was walking around the back of the PA, and they just sounded amazing on stage. You know, and it, so you realized just how easy it was to get them to sound good out front because they sound that good on stage.
1: Do you think you're sick yeah. of people screaming "La Bomba every every show? Or <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I don't know. In the last couple of times I've seen them, they didn't play that, but they used to you know close the show with it
1: all the time. I'm surprised they do. People are gonna riot sometimes. Who is that band? Yeah. Uh, UB40, Red Red Wine. They will play that. People go crazy once they play yeah, that. They, yeah. Once they play that yeah.
0: song, everybody <laughs> leaves. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's actually did happen one time. It did. Yeah, I did. I, I wouldn't
2: be surprised.
0: I mixed monitors for him at the Belly Up in San Diego, and that exact thing happened. UB40. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Yep. They're like pigeonhole with that. By the time they played Red Red Wine, then everybody just left.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, I can't. Nobody
0: knows any other songs. I, I, like, I don't know. I don't know any other UB40 song. I think there's yeah. one other one called Rat in the Kitchen that they did.
1: Ah, yes, Rat in the Kitchen. You're correct.
0: Yep. Yep. You're right. So I yeah, think
2: they, bes- they had a couple other hits, but I was I was never a giant UB forty fan. I was I was into reggae, I was into like the, the hardcore stuff. Did they, uh, did they do that? one? Uh,
0: King Tubby's.
1: Maybe they didn't do that. Baby I Love Your Way, the remake. Baby I Love you answered?
0: No, no, that's Big Mountain.
1: Oh, uh, that's Big Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> then I don't know any U B forty songs. <laughs> so besides all the great bands like Los Lobos, there's gotta be some asshole bands you've worked with.
2: Oh uh, that's 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 an easy one up. They're playing in town tonight.
1: <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. Jackal. Oh, Jackal. Really? Where are they
2: playing? In? Where's they're Jackal playing? They're at bike week. They're
0: playing at bike week. Yeah. Um,
2: Didn't
0: the, the you do that show t- last year? Did, I think I was out there oh, last year. I saw you out there.
2: Yeah. I, I wasn't actually out there last year. I haven't been out for a couple I, of years. I but, did
0: Backline out there a couple of years ago, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I did a show with them. It was, the first time I did a show with him was in, as in Tombstone. This guy decided he was going to be a promoter, and he had that brilliant idea of putting on a bike rally in Tombstone that nobody showed up for. Mm. And um, they were the headliners, and I had my first Jesse James Dupree experience, and it was um, probably one of the least pleasurable experiences of a show I've ever had.
0: Really? Um, what I about mean- the cod piece?
2: Never have a codpiece. Uh, That's Jackal. Oh,
1: okay. He, 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 yeah. he thinks you're talking about wasp. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah I mean, and I've worked with him twice since then, and I'm sorry, but there's no amount of money on this planet to get me to do another Jackal show.
1: Really? Wow. He tries that to come is, off as a really nice guy, but maybe I'm I'm wrong. Sometimes people are just I mean, assholes.
2: Just, to the crew, I mean, maybe he's. And they put on a great show. Don't get me wrong; they're a fun band to watch. But that guy is, let's just say, he's not a very nice person to work with. Hmm. Like, on a grand scale. Okay. You know.
0: I had similar issues with Dave Mason. Really? Have you ever dealt with him?
2: I did, many, many years ago at the old Anderson's Fifth Estate. Oh,
0: wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah, he came in and did, like, an acoustic solo thing there, and he was, I mean, I, it spent so long ago, I don't even remember the show, probably.
0: Yeah, he was a monster. <laughs> Well, Jackal me off, man. Jackal me off, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. So besides Jackal, we got to <laughs> notice someone. has got to be some other jerks. I love that he pulls Jackal out.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> he just whips it out. Jackal. Come on.
2: Yeah, right at the top of my head. It's like, yeah,
1: oh, yeah, that's the guy. So He's, he's, number, one, he's number one in your book for people that you don't want to work with ever again. There's got to be some other people you never want to work with ever again.
2: For, I, I mean, for monitors. Sean, it's
1: Pat Benatar. Yeah, it's
0: Pat.
2: Yeah, I, I, I did monitors for Diana Ross many years ago. Oh, oh Diana I've heard Ross. horror stories. I've heard horror that was, stories. That was a bad experience. Again, I mean, I remember we're, we're, do, we're doing sound checks. Of course, she doesn't show up for sound checks. Right. And she's got this guy that's like a personal assistant. Sure. And he comes up at me during sound check and says, okay, whatever you do, don't make eye contact with Miss Ross. Right. And I'm like, I'm the frigging monitor guy. I'm supposed to. I mean, how the hell am I going to communicate,
0: right? I've been through the same thing before. She's
2: supposed to look at me and tell me what she wants. You know, he says, "Well, no, no, I'll deal with all that. Don't you worry." It's like, yeah, talk to me. I do worry. I Do worry. I mean, what am I supposed to do? I mean, she looks my way. I'm, I'm going to do something. You know, whatever you do, don't make and, and this guy was, I mean, I never, I never had any sort of one-on-one contact with her, obviously, but this guy was just, he was just anal and. Uptight and obviously just like concerned about his job because he's gonna, gonna get, get fired any minute,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. The celebrity handlers, yeah. <laughs> celebrity handlers, yeah, you guys are right. Elton, they're John. more like enablers, all these yeah. crazy yeah. stories, Elton. And uh, people, I, that I, I
0: got a show... hundred stories like this, man. Being a monitor guy is one of the worst, most abused positions in the music industry,
2: yeah. I, I yeah, I remember we used to do uh, to bring a monitor rig into. to. Celebrity theater. Um when Nino was, you know, Nina was with us at the time.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, we did Danzig. And uh, Glenn Danzig threw a mic stand at Nino. Like, during this the kind show of, this kind of thing happens on. all
0: the time to monitor guys. They get they regularly yeah. get bumps on the head, a beer bottle thrown at them, whatever. Yeah. It's unbelievable.
2: You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, you know, and of course, the real quick uh, the other the other handler story I had was I did Leon Russell. Again at Anderson's at the state years ago. Nice. And Leon Russell is an amazingly talented guy, but he's weird. Wasn't he uh, you know, the
0: Mad Dogs and Englishman? Uh... No, that's Joe Cocker. I know Joe Cocker, but Leon Russell was his piano player.
2: Yes, he was. Yeah. But I mean, so, but Leon had this kid with him, and whether it was the crew or the band, I mean, I don't know if Leon's shy or whatever, but he would only communicate with the kid. And so, like, the kid go over and he'd whisper in the kid's ear, and then the kid would come over and go. Leon would like some more guitar in his monitor. I'm like, okay, and he'd go over and yeah. Leon says that's great, you know. And I mean, <laughs> Leon never said a word to anybody in the band or the crew, or the whole venue, the whole night. Everything was it was almost like he didn't speak, and there was like you know there was, it was like none of us spoke sign language or something, but he just didn't speak to anybody at all. Wow, it was odd.
0: I wonder if Edgar yeah. Winter's like that. He's just an albino. I've Edgar Winter.
2: <laughs> He's just an uh, albino. <laughs> but it's funny to watch Edgar Winter try and get his, what is that thing called, the the uh, the
0: What, the ARP Odyssey thing that yeah. plays? The, 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 the,
2: what is it? The, no, it's a Mellotron, that's what it is. The, yeah. The keyboard that's got a million different tape loops in it. Oh, yeah, the Mellotron, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, and those things, like, break down. Of course, he uses it in, like, Frankenstein and a bunch of those kind of things. Uh-huh. Those, I mean, those things are notorious for breaking down and watching him spend three hours at soundtrack trying to put the thing back together so it would work
0: Right. the man yeah. is so beige
2: yeah
0: <laughs> it really is. I think he played yeah. the ARP 2600 does he? yeah I think Sam has one of those things wow yeah Sam has one sitting in his living room I'm like dude what are you doing with this thing <laughs>
2: It's like I don't know I used yeah, to play along it with, along with this set of early torus pedals
0: yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice. Gary's still got a set of those, I think.
2: Taurus yeah. Pedals. I, who else? Um, I know Clark Rigsby had a set of them in his studio.
0: Absolutely, he does. Yeah, he does. We're going to have to get Clark on the show one of these days.
2: Yeah, get Clark on the show. He's
0: awesome. Yeah, we should give, we should give him a call for sure. sure. I'll talk to him on Facebook and see if he wants to do it. Yeah. So
1: I'm sure you've you've done work for a few metal bands. So the, Besides Jackal, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, who else have you worked with for the metal community that you liked a lot? That you did, that you you got along with.
2: Well, I mean, you know, we did a bunch of stuff with Sepultura that I always enjoyed those guys. Ah, yes. Max. Yep. Yeah. And then, but I remember the first, my first experience and exposure to uh, the death metal stuff. um, You know, I'm used to, I was used to like, you know, Aerosmith and Scorpion. Yeah,
1: classic metal. Yep.
2: Yeah. And Priest being the metal bands that I would listen to. And, um, we did a show. Is I think it was still Dooley's at the time, but eventually it became after the Gold Rush. And we did um, Napalm Death.
1: Oh yeah, Grindcore from England.
2: Yeah, and I've never i never seen anything like it before. Um, I remember they came out and I, they didn't have a sound guy with them. I'm just standing behind the console, going, "What in God's name am I supposed to do with this?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> just throwing into I the fire. The
2: Monster vocals and the, and the guitars and the drums going 120 yeah. miles hour. I'm just back there like I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing with this.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you did find Jim.
2: Yeah, well, it was just basically a giant wall of noise, but from what I what I learned later was basically supposed to be that. Right. Yeah, yeah,
1: it is. <laughs> <laughs> like bands like, like Cannibal Corpse, stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of the yeah. same thing, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean it, I, and but once I did a couple of those bands, I kinda I never I never got it. And I still to this day I don't really get it but apparently I'm pretty good at mixing it because I did a
1: lot of them. Well, we're bullish on death metal here. <laughs> yeah, we very bullish on yeah. death metal. We did our radio show. We did uh, four weeks of straight death metal. One month, all yeah. death metal. That's all we did.
2: <laughs> yeah, Cannibal Corpse. I did them, did them at the jar a couple of times. Oh, did
0: you? Wow. Yeah. Oh, Franco. Yeah, I do. I
2: mean, I did one <laughs> front house, but We've been no, trying to I'm get Franco
0: on the show, but he won't do it without a handler.
2: Yeah, we can't <laughs> look at Franco direct. We
1: can't look at Franco's crocs directly. He wants Chris. Yeah.
0: He wants, he wants yeah. Chris Montoya to be his handler. Yeah, for the show. His <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I I'm actually
2: really good friends with Franco these days, more so than I was when he used to the bar. You
0: know me too. We went and saw. I we went, went and saw Iron, Iron, Iron Maiden with him. With him. Yeah, yeah he went to Maiden with us.
2: <laughs> Did he really? The Legacy yeah. of the
0: Beast tour. the
1: yeah, last less than the King of Town. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, I went and picked him up at his house. He had his and crocs on. Didn't he? He came out.
0: It was great. We had a great yeah. time, man. We were hanging by the vegetable tray, and it was good. Taking <laughs> pictures, you know, glad of handling all those fans.
2: <laughs> yeah, was... I had a friend of mine, uh, Robin Plummer, that was the house guy at the jar for a very long time. Oh, boy. And he and I'd go up to the White Mountains to go fishing and do drugs.
0: Right. The whole time. Nice. And, Why wouldn't you? Yeah,
2: and then on the way back, we'd stop at Franco's and drop off whatever we caught. And then we'd go to Franco's the next day, and we'd have dinner.
0: Wow, he's a trout. He's a Michael's trout an cook.
2: Amazing cook. Yeah, he Ring. is.
0: He does post food occasionally on Facebook. I does he? See that, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that? You might have played the Mason Jar whatever Facebook page.
2: I did. I actually follow that. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. You might be you might be owed, might like be owed money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of people posting. I'm like, no idea who those people were, and I was around back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know,
1: fans. And now it's the it's a Rebel Lounge. So
2: that I tell you what, if you guys want to get a really good laugh, go on YouTube and look up a band called Manic Dash N. And I think it's under um you know, our old drummer's name was Terry Don. I think it's D U A N. Okay. But look up Manic N Terry Don. There's a bunch of videos of a band I played in that um let's just say I can't say I was proud of it, but it's it's for it's good for a laugh. <laughs> it's good for a laugh Oh you see me We used to take You take, you know those those, um, those cheap jumpsuits That the painters wear That you throw away Sure And we'd go We'd, we'd go drinking And then one of the guys in the band Worked at a, a paint store So we'd get all the, the samples And all the crap That people brought back And we'd get wasted And basically go throw paint At these things all day And then let them dry And then wear them to the show <laughs> you know, and And go play shows like that
1: <laughs> must have been awfully stiff in those things, man.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: that, that paint harden up? Forget it. Oh, yeah. There's no flexibility. So I
2: did, and I had a bubblegum pink Kubicki Bakes. Nice. Yeah.
0: So, Jim, what do you think is going to happen with uh, the music business now? What do you think is going to happen with live shows? What do you think is going to happen?
2: Well, I can tell you that um, the consensus of the people that I'm talking to, particularly the higher-ups on stuff, is, we're not going to be working on a regular basis for another 12 to 18 months. Um, there's going to be gigs here and there. Um, I'm actually even doing a couple of gigs here and there now, but it's it's not going to be a regular thing until, I mean, probably until there's a vaccine or something. Um, honestly, until the majority of the population feels safe going out to a, an event where people are breathing on each other, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, and I'm watching these guys like again at Bike Week this week, or um, I've got another event coming up where they're doing like the drive-ins or they're doing the little cording things off and people in their little stations out and about. Right. Yeah, you know, with the fencing and stuff like that. Um, those things are fun, and it's a show, and and it, people get out and do that, but it's not financially sustainable in any way, shape, or form.
0: No, it's not. I can't even. I no. mean, how do you gonna how are you gonna do that when you've got a quarter of the audience? I mean, how are you gonna? Yeah, some- you
2: got like. You know, twenty-five or thirty percent of the audience. Just the and revenue
0: stream alone is just not. Yeah, is, and your
2: expenses have gone up because you have to add all the barricade or all the other oh stuff man, to go with it.
0: All that barricade, you God.
2: Know? And so, I mean, it's just and you know, you know, the, the the PA company and the lighting company and the staging company all have to do stuff because so those guys are hurting. You know, they might come out and do it cheap, you know, cheaper, but they still have crew to pay in and there's all kinds of stuff. It's
0: It's no way to pay off your video wall. I'll tell you that.
2: No, no, you might be able to pay your rent on the shop, but you're not going to pay your lease payment on the video wall. Right. You know, That's and a fact. I mean, there's, there's already, you know, companies dropping and, and um, there's a lot of, there's been some big mergers amongst
0: a lot them. of buyouts. Yeah. yeah people I who mean, do uh, have the capital or do have the credit I'm just buying other people up, taking their, getting rid of their competition.
2: Eighth day. Now.
0: So, eighth day they, they bought Claire brothers, bought eight, bought eighth day. Yep. Wow.
2: We'll yeah, see, I clear- mean, and Eighth Day is a big
0: outfit. Eighth Day is huge, man. They were doing Madonna yeah, they, and everything else.
2: Yep, they they merged. I think the, the announcement went out a month ago. Wow,
0: Eighth Day is gone. Yep. I can't believe
2: yep. it. And like even in the corporate world, I mean, PSAV has is, is laid off like ninety percent of their staff.
0: That's mind blowing. But you know, they were yep. kind of they were kind of kind of artificially grabbing things well, sure. anyhow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but they. Have, I mean, just in town with all the resorts and stuff, they would probably at least a couple of thousand people that worked for him.
0: Jeez. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've worked for him a few times, begrudgingly.
2: Yeah, I mean, I used to do <laughs> freelance stuff for him, but, I mean, guys that worked at the hotels that had, like, full-time jobs and stuff Yeah, working for him. There was, I mean, between all the different resorts and stuff, I'm going to guess there was 2,000-plus people that were working just for PSAB. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. No doubt about yeah. it. All those ballrooms across the state, definitely.
2: Yeah, I mean, and even the resorts we do corporate stuff at, um, I read someplace, um, the Biltmore is in receivership. Wow. Yeah.
0: So not only is corporate audio in the lurch.
2: And, and concert audio is in the lurch.
0: Concert audio is just about, is going to get swallowed up by the big players, the ones who have the credit. Yep. I heard uh, yep. Jesse
1: James Dupree doing okay, though. Yeah, well,
2: I don't <laughs> know about that. He's probably not doing a lot of stuff.
1: <laughs> he has his whiskey and, company.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's going to. He's going to probably get sued to along the line for, <laughs> for the liability of going to all these super spreader events.
0: Right. Yeah. Super spreaders. They're out there.
2: Yeah. The, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but that, that's the really big thing that a lot of people aren't talking about is the liability aspect. Of the whole. The, whole the thing.
0: liability aspect. Well, that's what the Republicans were trying to get that signed into law that you can't the liability right. claim.
2: Yeah. I mean, come well, on. I mean think, think about it. If, you know, you carry a cell phone with you Now they may not know exactly who you are. But the metadata that pings off of all those cell phone towers everywhere would go tracks your phone. Yeah. That's how they figured out that all those people that went to Sturgis spread it out all over the country. Yeah. yeah. And they know where they went. Well, I mean, if just as an example, if they can count on the fact that, let's say, you know, 100 people got infected at some large event, they can statistically show that probably 30% of them got it at that event. You know, and some smart lawyer is going to come along and do some sort of a lawsuit, and that's going to do more damage to the the industry in the long run than maybe even COVID did.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah because I mean, it's, it's they'll be time. so gun
1: shy to put on a show, all these promoters and and organizations. Yeah, I would be.
2: I mean, it's
0: bad I enough having to carry having to carry you know insurance just for people that are going to dance.
2: Yeah, and you go look at um. I mean, I remember owning a business before. You know, I look at my insurance, my liability insurance policy. There's a specific paragraph in there that says they don't cover pandemics, and I'm sure that's global.
0: Well, how can you cover that?
2: Uh, I don't know. know. You don't? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't cover that. It's, there's no way to underwrite it since. So what's the just
0: the Portageon companies alone? What's it? <laughs> how much? Is, yeah. How much does <laughs> it cost for insurance uh, just for people to dance? How much is that carry? A million dollars? A million insurance? bucks? Yeah, you got to. Yeah that's a known thing, man. So you got to get out of a bond, Dude, you got a bond. I'm you're just gonna staying home in the studio. Isn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: So, I mean, I honestly, I mean, the COVID thing's a big issue, but realistically until somebody figures out what to do with the liability aspect, then that's going to you know, keep promoters and stuff gun shy about doing a gig.
0: And here to think we used to be worried about a fire cert on a, on a backdrop, you know, I know. I mean, <laughs> come on.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're what the hell is
0: going to happen now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the worst thing that happened was the loadout
0: sucked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the loadout went till two a.m. Right, and then Neil Diamond's truck pulled up. <laughs> that was the bad days.
2: <laughs> oh yeah,
0: those were bad days when we back to back fans Warped tour and then Ozfest the next day. That's what we oh. had to worry about back in those days. But yeah. now, now it's yeah.
1: now you're wishing you yeah. had some. We better, were worried right? about
0: eighteen hour days back then. Now we're worried about eighteen months between gigs. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just like
2: yeah. I mean, and I know a lot of guys are starving. I mean, I'm starving, you know, I'm up, but I got some money saved up, and I got, I'm getting the, the unemployment thing. But um, that's going to dry up after the first of the year, probably. Yep. And yeah, you know, I mean, I'm going to have to probably go out and look for a real job. God forbid.
0: For the first time in 35 years, John, Jim exactly. Coleman will be working a day job.
2: Yeah. Wow. Who knows? I'll be driving a truck, or, or God knows what.
0: Well, God knows you know how to do it. I mean. Yeah, logistics yeah. has been one of your main one of your main things forever.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I could, so there's you a lot know.
0: of there's a lot of skills to be put to use here. So I'm
1: i exactly with him. I think it'll be a good 18 months for we see anything really happening. Jeepers. People could yeah. talk. People could talk to BS all they want. Nobody has any clue right now. And then
0: what it's going to be is festivals. No. It's not going to be one.
1: I understand people are frustrated, but listen, man, it's bad. Yeah. And it's and, and yeah. like I, said, I was telling Sean and everybody I talked to. This is only the beginning. There's gonna be one lot worse than COVID. This is COVID yep. eight. This is COVID nineteen, right? There's gonna be a COVID yep. twenty. There was, <laughs> was eighteen COVIDs before this one. Yep. So there's gonna be <laughs> a, something worse to come along. Oh yeah. That's, and then and people will learn from this and stop the spread.
0: And now we aren't. Now we aren't laughing. I mean, about you're not gonna SARS stop masks. it.
1: You're not gonna stop it completely, but you can at least put a dent in and slow it down.
2: Well, that's the whole thing. It, you know, I see people run around without masks, you know, or they they bitch about wearing masks and they don't bother with, um, you know, the safety protocols. And I'll be honest with you, I take that personally. Yeah. Because th- by by not doing that, that means it's going to be that much longer that I'm not going to be able to feed myself.
0: Right. Yep.
2: That's, I mean, a that's fact. how I look at it. I mean, because they're one
1: person, and they do it, they may not have symptoms, but they could pass it on 10 more people. And then Did it, it passed to ten more people, ten more people, and it just keeps propagating itself because it's got one or
0: two fools. It's happening in the White House as we speak. It's everywhere as we yeah. speak <laughs> in the White House, and like I said, fools. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so that was a swamp, not a fool. I right. mean, that's right.
0: We try not to talk politics, religion, or sports on here, but sometimes that's, you can't that's
1: help a it. Good idea. Yeah. But like they said, like <laughs> he's—they won't pass new stimulus package because they're using the election as. a...
0: A selling point.
1: Well, listen, here's yeah. the other, bargaining
0: chip. And here's the other point, too, is that when the hell did anybody ever care about a stagehand? Yeah. You think they're going to care about him now? Sure they will. Well, I mean, there's, After they look at us. Are, in you guys,
2: <laughs> you guys uh, there's several different organizations out there. You know, there's the Live Events Coalition. Save Our Stages. Um, there, yep. Yeah, Save Our Stages. There's um,
0: We Are Live Events.
2: Um, red Alert Events. Yeah. And kind of thing around the country that, I mean, people are lobbying their, you know, their congressional representatives and they're doing I don't know if you've seen it, the guys do the case pushers.
0: Yep, I've seen the case pushers, yep. They've been doing that yeah, all over the they, world, man. I've seen that
2: Yeah they get exactly they get a whole bunch of companies to show up and they basically bring a bunch of empty cases and you push them down the street you kinda, you kinda make a point that, you know, we need something done.
0: Yeah, we need something done. I know Live Nation has made a big push. Yeah. But how yeah. long what is that I gonna mean, last?
1: They're booking all the big huge metal shows overseas like Walk in and Hellfest and all these and how can they book yeah. it for twenty twenty one? We don't know what's going on. They gotta and there's like 200, 300 bands sign up already. Because some of these
0: countries have done better than we have, and they could yeah. actually, they could actually be. You need out, one out of the- person to be in the crowd to have COVID. One, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, well, if you look at Europe, I mean, it's starting to spread there again. It's starting to
1: spread in France, and yeah, spreading out again.
2: Jeepers! we found, that you, can, we found
1: that you can't be, you could be immune for a short amount of time, but you can catch it again.
2: Yeah, you start putting bodies, in, it bodies mutates. in close proximity, and it just happens.
1: Yeah, so, God, I <sighs> mean, I love live shows more than anybody else. I feel sorry for you guys. And people don't understand, when you go to a show, you go, whatever show you go see, there's about a thousand other people behind the scenes, guys in the parking lot, doing the food, yep. yeah. cleaning up,
0: all this stuff. Any major concert, you're going to have at least 60 box pushers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let's just yeah. put it that way. Not for, to mention for you the, one the or lighting two hour crew. Two hours show,
1: your entertainment. These people are busting their ass. They're, they're early and they leave late.
0: Yeah, get there at eight yeah. in the morning and leave at two in the morning. That's and the they, have to,
1: they have families to feed as everybody
2: else. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then there's, I mean, there's, there's the security guys.
0: And yeah. The
2: ushers. Exactly. Working. Everybody. You know, it and in. then there's even like the restaurants and the bars around the venue. Yep. Mm-hmm. The community around it. Huh.
0: Yeah.
2: So it's a huge ripple effect with that whole thing.
0: Yeah. Right. Who would have thought that Oz eating the head off a bat would have led to such disarray? Yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously Ozzy's fault. All yeah, of this. It
2: just took that long to propagate, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: all right. So, Jim Coleman.
2: Yeah.
1: We thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. And like That's I tell everybody out there, listen, support these people. Do best we can. We hang in there. Wear a damn mask. We all need to get back to normality here. People need to work. People need to feed their families. So hope you you heed the warning and, you know, That's right. if you don't do it, do, do it for yourself, <laughs> do it for somebody else, do it yeah. for somebody's mother, father, somebody who has, who can't feed their families, who get who evicted from their, from their apartment or house or lose or you know, lose everything just because you want yeah.
0: to wear a freaking mask. Yeah. Even though it's nauseating, I will say at one time, we are all and in And wash together. your hands, you dumbasses. Yeah. It That's is right. nauseating.
1: Which is common. People That's should wash their hands day. no matter what.
0: Yeah. I would hope so. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right. Well, I'm off my soapbox. Okay. Thank you Great. so much for being on again. We appreciate you bringing on <laughs> and sharing your stories and having your opinion. We we value it, and we definitely come out again whenever you want. Okay, I'd like that. Thanks. All right, Jim Coleman, cool. ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. You bye. Right, bye. Bye.